Hello, welcome to South London Hardcore. My name's Stephen Walsh. No Jack this week, he's a bit under the weather. On this show, we're going to be talking to the guys behind Fake Bit Polytechnic, a chip tune pop punk duo from South London. Would that be fair? I think that's fair. You're, you're now listening to the voice of, of Dave Green. Confusingly, in Fake Bit Polytechnic, there were two people called Dave, but generally, if, if someone's overexcited, that's generally me. And if someone's sounding, sounding a bit exasperated and fatigued, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the other tall Dave. Yeah, that would be me, who sings. also Dave. So, and you, you sing and play the keyboards. Yep, that's and I, right. And I play what appears to be a child's toy with some guitar strings <laughs> attached to it. But, you know, it's actually a little bit more involved than that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to, like, terrify people with technicalities. So if, if you were stage. outlining Fake Bit Polytechnic to the uninitiated... How would you go? I, I mean, I like your description. I, I think, I, I like, some, someone described us as, as geek punk, and I think we're slightly more new wave, but I'm, I'm not going to kind of argue, argue the difference with that. It's, it's kind of lo-fi synth pop, and it's made with typically recycled kind of trailing edge, typically games controllers and other kind of second-hand technology that we've got. The odd kind of origin story that I'm going to claim is that we are like I mean and we knew each other through through websites that went like so I run a I ran the snack spot website yeah as part of the need to know newsletter I used to do a thing called museum of techno, techno yeah uh, which started out as just a mad website I wrote when I was a bit manic and then uh, turned into you know some podcasts and a little bit of it was on Resonance and, FM yeah, right. we're allowed Resonance to plug FM. Resonance FM absolutely yeah we, we're doing some urban walks mostly around South London though not exclusively around South London and we went out to Erith didn't we and we were and a friend of ours took a photo of us in some before they built that that new recycling plant that is down by Erith for all Erith listeners <laughs> um, there's us standing next to a kind of a burned out flipped out car flipped out a car and it's such a good band-style photo. <laughs> no, no, that, that, I mean, that, that, I think that was a factor. And also, and sometimes on these So you walks, took a photo worthy of a band and, like, we'd better form thought, a band yeah, now. Yeah, let, let's yeah, let's earn this and, and it looked kind of post-apocalyptic, so we had to kind of get that kind of... And, you know, that's our attitude anyway. We spent some time debating, because there's, there's an emergent chiptunes. I mean, there's always been, like, M- Malcolm McLaren claimed he, he discovered chiptune and was going to do something with it, and then sadly died but we thought we wanted to form a kind of chip a punk chip tune band and we'd do punk covers and we had hilarious ideas of calling it the chip pistols or the attribute clash which is a zx spectrum thing which happens when you have two middle like the colors okay. close to each other you like and there was rgb twins yeah yeah because <laughs> i have rgb triplets which are a hexadecimal thing for defining web page colors anyway good times <laughs> And so we would discuss this endlessly because occasionally we'd go and see chiptune artists and they'd be playing off Game Boys and things like that and it would be good, uh, but not, not particularly visual and rarely kind of song-based. So we, we, we had a whole list of songs that we thought we were going to be able to play with modified Game Boys and, uh, and, and Ataris or whatever. And then actually I think you, Dave, then started coming up with new songs. You'd done... You did a song for that Richard Bracewell film. Where was that set? Oh, oh yeah, that was on the south south side of London. Called the Gigolos. The Gigolos, yeah. And uh, wrote, did a little bit of backing music for it, including a song, and quite enjoyed writing the song. And um, you know, I've done various bits of 
sort of music production and stuff and ran out of samples for my tunes and ended up, you know, writing a, a couple of other songs. And you put, you'd put out some vinyl or something, did, hadn't did you? I, yeah, then, then did I insist on a blanket band on cover versions? Perhaps. As a result of that. And then, and then, you know, at the disused HMV, that man ran on stage and did the rap from Move Any Mountains. Yeah. So I, I, I was unexpectedly... <laughs> Vindicated. Um, so yeah, so Dave had written some original tunes, and I was unable to get a convincing punk cover version out of any of the, the electronics I had. And so we we kind of started working. It's, I, I think some of the some of the early stuff, again, I will claim, is a bit more like two singer songwriters who who are a bit too chicken to go on stage by themselves but are okay being on stage with another person generating music in some way. And, uh, but now, I think, you know, with, with, with you know, nearly ten songs under our belt, I think we are kind of evolving a bit, yeah. more, a bit more towards a, a collaboration. And, yeah, and, the, and there's a bit of a kind of underlying kind of attitude of using old technology where we can, but we're not, we're not like Kid Carpet or any of these kind of party shank you know, dedicated to kind of Toytronica people. The the instruments are useful, but for us, they're kind of, they're a means, you know, we have a kind of standardised setup, and we want the songs to sound moderately different, but not, not insanely different to each other. So we're going to get an instrument demonstration now. Yes, so this, and I, I, I think you, you, you spotted this earlier, Steve, this is the Xbox controller, Keytar, um, and as you can see, it's, it's got nice big keys, two yeah. octaves, and they, they brought it out for the Rock Band game uh, with Rock Band 3, which I think was the last in that series. And it's got a, a MIDI output there, which uh, electronic musicians will recognise the kind of little five-pin plug there, which meant, which means it can also control uh, other other musical instruments. Which they didn't have to do. So no. It was quite sort of generous... <laughs> a strange act of a generous of, moment of in musical nobility. Uh, we can't speculate on, yeah. on, on, on why they added it, but we're the beneficiaries because yes. it means that, like, uh, so on stage, Dave has one of these connected to a little kind of modular synthesizer that he, he's had for a while, but I, and I tried to outdo him by kind of implanting it with one of these Arduino chips, which runs off battery power, and you can program it. And there's a, there's a whole music library and MIDI uh, support for it. And uh, it's all open source. And, uh, and it, it has about the processing power, I reckon, of a kind of 1990s home computer. So I thought it would make. That's the sounds it would make. And so now... Oh, I'm in a... I'm in a so that, that, that's a triangle wave. That's a... So yeah, the Arduino is about the size of a postage stamp. But you know, like Dave somehow took it away and came back with it's got a drum machine in it. It's got a <laughs> so, thing so, in it. So here, I, I'm just running through this little. That's so we think that's that's a kind of sawtooth wave. That's a classic kind of synth sound. It's got a bit of kind of bite to it. And I, I, on this, I built in. I think they're kind of 1632 note sequences. Yeah, so 
people, people, people who know the Eurythmics will obviously be <laughs> transported there. This is, I, 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 I won't bother playing anything on this. This is, this is um, Henry Mancini's <laughs> theme from the Gay Spy Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing this one. Oh, I messed it up at the end. And then this, and then this is for. I've been playing this for older audience. This is my M pop music. Radio, video. And then specifically because we were gigging at something called EMF. I thought it would be good to put in. <laughs> Unbelievable by EMF. And even, and I'm not playing anything on the keyboard here, it's doing it all automatically. So for variation, I brought in um, the bass line part, which plays, I think, You burden me with your thoughts. You'd have to turn me on mine. You're always asking what it's all about. I listen to my replies. You say... <laughs> Your purple prose just gives you away the things you say. You're unbelievable. And it carries on like that, you know. Dave has been long-suffering <laughs> participant in these kind of demonstrations. Fascinating, there is a YouTube of that, that EMF camp event that was in a field near uh, Milton Keynes. And due to, due to technical issues... I had I, I, I said, oh, make, make sure the key tie is coming through the PA really loud. As a result, they hadn't played it through the desk that was actually recording it. So in the video, it looks like I just walk on stage singing the Eurythmics a cappella, <laughs> not particularly in tune, <laughs> and, uh, but without, with, no, with no context of why this is happening, and then go on to demonstrate a keyboard that makes no noise whatsoever. So, you know, that's, that's always a kind of uh, hazard of those events. Dave plays a kind of bigger version of this. We've got details. If, like, if you want to get one of these guitars that are now widely available for less than a tenner, I think, on, on eBay and places like that, we can show you how to connect it to this, or a Raspberry Pi is the, is the new thing, is yep. the other kind of the revolutionary computing device that people, people, people have bought and not often have much to do with. And the trick is, like, the way Dave's using it in this version is that you, you have a, a MIDI plug in, in the keyboard's MIDI socket, and then he's just running that back in through a hole in the case to control the Arduino. So, yeah, so we have I mean, we have So the built... MIDI connection is connecting to the device itself rather than to an external thing? Yes, yeah, yes. Well, but, you know, when you, when you buy it, it's just a MIDI controller or... And again, the, the brilliance of my modification is that it doesn't stop it acting as a games controller. So if I've got my Xbox in the corner and I unplug the MIDI, it flashes and goes, oh, do you want to control the DVD playback or something like that? I often wonder if people on stage are debating whether they think, whether we think we're actually playing music or we're just, we're just kind <laughs> oh, of responding. they definitely debate that. And I, I'm on stage with a Guitar Hero controller. And they think, oh, is, is he just kind of playing the notes that the computer's telling him to? But it's the other way round. The computer is playing the notes that I am telling it to. <laughs> so then the rest of the time when we're on stage, so I often have a kind of Guitar Hero controller. And because I claim that I, I, I could really play the actual guitar if I had one, I program the kind of fret buttons to do different things in the song. So here, oh, I don't know if you can hear. Oh, no, I'll plug it into the. Hang on, this all, this all rock. 
Yeah, so Dave will he'll change key with the fretboard. So, you know, proper bass guitar style. Um, so this is so this will be my my intro to the song, and then oh now I thought it's nice. <laughs> this is if, if I want if I want that to go down to just the kind of kick drum, and then so and then Dave would Dave here would start singing. <laughs> I'd, I'd do a bit of dark poetry, <laughs> and then then chorus, chorus would come up. Oh, hang on. There we go. I forgot to switch it on. You see, that happens. That, that's what happens in it. In it oh, that's that bad, yeah. Um, in yeah. terms of your live setup as well, I've, I've watched videos of your gigs, and you have the screen in the background, sort of backdrop, showing... Oh, we can do, yes. Yeah, I so, say... I mean, it, it, it will be showing this. So this is a program called Ableton Live uh, that we're using uh, on the PC. And it's basically a kind of... I like to think of it as a spreadsheet for kind of samples. So all of these different coloured boxes are kind of different audio elements. And yeah, I mean, and I, th- I mean, I, I think it's nice. I think it's nice to project it if we have the opportunity mm. because it demystifies and it shows that I'm not just responding to coloured blocks <laughs> that are kind of scrolling down the screen, and also that uh, and <laughs> the Guitar Hero controller only has five buttons, but none of our songs have have more than five chords in. Yeah. I, I, I feel I feel that's that's very punk rock in itself. So. Yeah. So in terms, is it, so is it a case of you're reliant on the venue having a projector or do you bring along the projection for that? No, I mean, if there's a projector, we'll use it. I mean, right. there are a lot of places where we play... I mean, the projector's not essential. And in fact, I'm not used to playing with a projector because if what I should do is look at the projected version because that would be cool because I can see what I'm con- controlling there. Often I'm kind of peering at the laptop going, oh, did I really want to do that? Because if we've got ten songs now, sometimes I can't remember which button does what. <laughs> Dave's basically is kind of live remixing with his right hand that he's changing key with the left. And that's a, that's a bit of disco hiss. Can you, oh, can you turn that up? It's like, yeah, can you put the kick drum on? Do you want to? I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how it works. It's, so like, so uh, it's important to point out you're making that disco swish with a Wiimote. With a Wiimote, yeah. yeah. So that and that's connecting to the Bluetooth. That Bluetooth so that's in there. With um, in this tune, I don't have many uh, melodies to play, so I'll trigger some samples <laughs> from this. And, oh, and these are samples recorded uh, during a bit of street unrest. That's me getting off a tram. That's the sound of uh, like a sort of background noise of a tram um, that I've just munged in uh, like a bit of audio software. You know, I'm I'm triggering sort of samples. And do the samples work when the kick drum isn't going? Is that Um, trying? Yeah, they do. There you go. That's a tram. That's a a, a genuine Croydon tram. A bottle breaking in in the street in Croydon. That's there. You go. And a, a woman shouting at her boyfriend. That's that's as far <laughs> as far south as you can go and still be in London. <laughs> I maintain. So yeah. So and 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 the pitch of the hiss changes according to the angle right, yeah, that you're so doing. That, that old kind of vaguely dubious angle of the control. <laughs> and so what, what? In terms of South London as well, you've played yeah. a few gigs. Well, I, I'm going to claim I'm going to claim that's our gimmick. We play almost exclusively on the um, on the hip, hipster overgrounds. Um, this this booking the, the booking in EMF camp was sort of an aberration. No, so we were like so Dave lives Dave lives in Croydon and I live near Newcastle. So 
often we yeah if we have the opportunity to play somewhere that is equidistant between our homes that's, that's a no-brainer that's, that's like that's so I mean in fact and we oh, I'm going to claim we cut our teeth with a residency <laughs> does that make sense at, at Matthew's Yard which is a kind of like co-working hangout in, uh, in in central Croydon, and uh, I, I mean, I'm going to claim it's a residency. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, it's we also, we played yeah, it more than three months in a row. It's also a bar <laughs> and theatre and you know, all sorts of stuff. We don't live there, <laughs> despite our requests. Yeah, that was Beats and Eats. Yes, yeah. which and it, which is a good, which is a, an interesting night. Uh, I, I started out saying that's a good night. That's an, <laughs> oh, it's an interesting night. It's um, sometimes it's a bit sort of flexibly scheduled. And as you, you can tell, there's an eats element to it, which is often jerk chicken. They have a commitment to having local artists perform. So sometimes we're on after kind of just teenage singers and things. And they have their entire family. No, we'll be on before them. So we'll perform to this extended family of people who've just come to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're always very polite. Yeah, and I mean, technically, Dave, teenage singers, that's... Really? Well, that explains <laughs> quite a lot of their their booking decisions. <laughs> and in uh, New Cross as well, you've played. Uh... We played. Uh, we mostly, uh, I think, uh, more than anything else, we played the New Cross Inn, which is a nice night. And I'm going to claim we've played the Amersham Arms, but we've really only played the upstairs bit of the Amersham Arms. And the Amersham Arms. I know, and w- but we, we need to kind of get in, get a bit more organised about... We've played Brixton as well. We yeah, played the Wimbledon, we played yeah, the Wimbledon yeah. Brixton, yeah. This tune is about taking the night bus down through South London. So I, you know, I really like playing, uh, you know, places on the A23, basically, because <laughs> like you know, there's a part of the tune where it's, it's just about you know trying to sort of winging your way home on the. On a, well, on cheat me the, opens with business at Croydon's Crown Hill branch. Yeah, well, I mean, very it's specifically okay. set in Croydon, isn't it? So, but but it's, is it, it's slightly out of date now, but go on. It is, it is like, a lot of the... For a lot people of the who want to visit those, those <laughs> dancing clubs. A lot KFC's of those, still there. Yeah, KFC's, <laughs> KFC's survived. And, the, and there is, a like, a table dancing club there that's mentioned in the song, although that's changed ownership. And no. What else? There's, uh, there's another place that... Amex isn't Amex anymore, but like the, the song kind of started like when I was, um, you know, younger and started didn't have a child and therefore still went into central London <laughs> for nights out and stuff. Like quite often you'd find yourself coming home late at night and you know you kind of get back to Croydon and it'd be sort of chucking out time from the pubs and clubs there and it would all get quite sort of active and chaotic in the town centre and um, and I'd, I've got like a, a little portable recorder a bit like that and I, I 
I've got some in-ear headphones that just look like earbuds. So, you know, you can sort of walk around taking binaural recordings of people <laughs> who don't know you're even recording. <laughs> a couple of times I've walked back and there'd be sort of crazy stuff like... Uh, yeah, there was there was one where there was a guy walking down the street with a couple of girls who were winding him up about how they were going to, you know, cut him to pieces <laughs> later, <laughs> basically. And I kind of like, you know, got to sort of walk behind them. And uh, and then another time, there were kids outside American Express. I got off the tram, just up the street. So where's is American Express near the fifty people? It's, it's at the, the crossroads. Uh-huh. Um, it's at the where, top of Crown Hill, essentially. Yeah, that's on it, the Crown Hill North End with all the big shops. And then You've always we, got a catalogue shop on one uh, corner that yeah. changes every so often, and Amex on the other. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Although Amex, I think, has gone. Yes, there. Yeah. still does holiday money. It's weird. <laughs> it's like these places have a spirit. But, you know, so it's weird. It's weird. So anyway, so uh, there's there's these kind of blokes staggering around outside Amex, and um, there are, there's at the top there there are some flats, and someone starts throwing stuff out of the, the flats and quite you know big things like pot plants and uh, like a grill tray came down and the, the kids down on the street rather than just running away like you should because <laughs> you know you could get brain damage from stuff like that and, and I could plainly see that there hasn't some police came along and said alright lads what's going on here then they're like how can I get up there to kill that <laughs> so all of this has been boiled down and boiled distilled down. into you four know, minutes sampled, of pop magic recorded munge <laughs> that song also features a sort of a critique of South London men yeah. with the, the it's refrain self, it's, it is a kind of self critique yes of course um, and it's a fair observation based on what what you've seen there yeah yeah. and well and I I mean I always assumed that it was to do with your struggles I mean both of our struggles with vegetarianism to be honest (laughs) and and because because your wife is vegetarian and so when you're out so yes so my wife's vegetarian so if I get home and I'm a little bit (laughs) covered with I will I will will go through you know yeah if there's a line of three cheap meat vending (laughs) uh, businesses I will literally just tick them all off (laughs) and it's it's still an issue Uh, so yeah so I kind of wrote it as a a mantra which then totally yeah so so you are one Um, because sometimes it is South London men, they go out, and sometimes it's we go out, isn't it? I knew this multiplex when it was all fields, now it's a car park. Now the bird song's been replaced with spinning wheels in the half dark. Guess it started when we started talking way back. Now we digest ecosystems and we excrete tarmac. And roads bisect out back and town spread up the lanes Like infection spreads up veins Girl, I take you out, wanna show you how Culture has become the death force I bet my swag, you'll toss your hair and pow Culture has become the death force As I hold your waist, as my hands head south As you press your mouth against my mouth Human culture has become the death force. Culture is the death force. Ethical bushmeat burger restaurant. Stem cells of any species that you are on. Any extinct animal. Under the sun From gene bank to broth tank to bun 
chimpanzee sounds fun. Girl, I'll take you out, wanna show you how. Culture has become the death force. I bet my swag, you'll touch your hair and pow. Culture has become the death force. As I hold your waist, as my hands head south, as you press your mouth against my mouth. Human culture has become the death force. Culture is the death force. But your other songs extend the critique. I'm interested as, as to what you mean by that, Steve, because well, I, I don't know what people take from the songs, to be honest. That's the... with, with Cheap Meat, obviously it's a very specific situation yeah, yeah, yeah. in South London. With the song Culture is a Death Force. Human culture is a death force. <laughs> we're, basically, we're, we're expanding the scope <laughs> we are, to we are. the entirety of humanity, aren't we? Yeah, so yeah. it goes from a very specific thing to a very, a very, very oh, general oh, oh, you, you have to explain that without going to Bob right. the Builder and all that. No, no, no. You're, I'm not going to do the, the Bob the Builder, right? Well, originally, it, I walked in, my, my little girl, my daughter, she was about three at the time, was, was watching Bob the Builder on, on telly. And Bob the Builder, and they, they, were, they were building the first road in Sunflower Valley. So they're basically taking a pristine valley and they're building a new road through it. They're tarmacking it. And they go, right, let's build the road. And then all the, all the vehicles, all the petrol-driven vehicle characters go, yeah, we're building the road. <laughs> and, and my daughter's watching this, and, like, and her, her consciousness, her mind, is like Sunflower Valley. It's just, you know, it's just there waiting to absorb culture. Like, oh my god! <laughs> um, so, so I, I, came, I wanted to do a song called Bob the Builder is the Death Force, but um, <laughs> legal. Then I realised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, okay, but, it's probably fair no, comment. No, 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 go on. The thing is, though, right, right. Why is Bob the Builder the Death Force? Well, I think it's because human culture as an evolutionary system is evolving faster than biology can cope with it, right? And then I thought, well, if you write a song about that. That's definitionally an anti-song because it's the opposite of what you should be writing a song about. So, well, arguably, uh, you shouldn't be writing songs at all. You shouldn't yeah. be adding anything to culture because no. it is, well, and that's what I love so, about it—the fact that the cool. song itself cool. is saying culture's death force, and you're like, but you're using culture to project this message. Yeah, you know, we don't, we, we, we don't have any other tools at our disposal. Like evolution would not assist us. Magic in that. moments at gigs as well. Like we were we were performing next door. There was a private party in the next door room, and some like you know, so the, 
family came out with like a seven year old, eight year old, and they, they were in Viking helmets for some reason, <laughs> kind of walking out of the bar, and I was shouting, Your culture is the death <laughs> at that moment. And it, I couldn't cover it up because it was literally that moment. So I, 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 yeah, got to, I, I got to harangue. I mean, it, it's the kids. I think, I think it seems to be arguing that, yeah, that, lot, that, that you know, if you're going to, if you're going to kind of pick if you're going to say you know technology or unrestrained capitalism or any of these things are ultimately going to destroy the biosphere that we that we inhabit um then you know why stop there clearly you know as soon as humans started using tools they were they they, they were out of control yeah, yeah, yeah. um and <laughs> and, <laughs> and all i mean to to to, to paint all cult- culture with that brush, I, I think I think is extreme. Well, but it's I mean, just, just think, I think it's extreme, but very correct. It, it, I think yeah, it's yeah, true. yeah. Um, I, I, well, thank goodness. Like, I mean, it, I think it remains one of the more challenging songs. I, I think it, 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 there's quite a lot in it, and it's hard to get people. Uh, uh, people people would theoretically join in in, in, in a song in, in Lee Coombs. People are afraid of their own power. Again, is that a self critique? <laughs> um, people will join in with that chorus. No one has ever joined in. Go, yes, culture is I, the death. I find myself culture. singing it all the time. Well, oh, that's why. It's, it's my it's my personal favourite. When, when we it's, play Annalee, they're, they're, <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, you request that. Um, that's about halfway between. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you despise my leisure time activities Maybe I aspire to a special place in history I want to be remembered with inventors and philanthropists Despite confining my adventures to the kind of worlds that don't exist Cos while you were measuring out your life in J.D. spoons. I became a mighty warlord like Genghis Khan or Kim Jong-un I'm the mayor of San Andreas, the president of EVE Online Look upon my handiworks on PSN or Xbox Live Cause I've conquered worlds in any fictive conflict I will come off best Cause I've conquered worlds Yet no one that I tell's the slightest bit impressed Cause I've conquered they worlds to see the YouTube clip Where my victory flag unfurled Cause I've conquered worlds my conquered worlds My conquered worlds I've conquered worlds Sana do you Kubla Khan a pleasure done decree? That's not a patch on what I've made in Minecraft recently. I'm considered deadly in Middle Earth or Azeroth. My exploits will be legendary till they turn the servers off. Cause I've conquered worlds I've come through galaxies With a bullet or a knife Cause I've conquered worlds Yet somehow I'm a failure In my actual life Cause I've conquered worlds Ridicule I get The insults that are hurled Cause I've conquered worlds I'm not trying to make new friends I'm trying Try to conquer worlds I'm like being a holy yearn of these imaginary realms Versus me, Alexander the Great will be greatly overwhelmed My list of online victories is 
epically extensive. I would put them on my CV, but printer, it's expensive. Cause I've conquered worlds twice so many. Cared about by so few. Cause I've conquered Saying it in a serious voice does not make it true. Cause I've conquered my worlds. My nightmare, my spine's permanently curved. Cause I've conquered that's worlds. just the price when you've lived a life that's full. We've got other songs yes. about very specific modern concerns that I thought were fantastic. Fact, I've Conquered Worlds being yes. a, a great example Thank you. of a very modern phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just outline... Oh, well, and, and, but do you, and do you remember that Sony advert that it's kind of responding to? I don't think I do. Oh, well, I mean, but it's great that you can... I think, I think people kind of can, can relate to it. But what is, it, what is believed to be one of the best games console adverts ever... I think it's for one of the original PlayStation incarnations. And it's just, I, I think it's kids and it's kind of ordinary people going, oh, I have conquered worlds. Uh, not in that, sorry, in, that, <laughs> in that accent. But that, and they all say, oh, yeah, by, by, by day I live amongst the hoi polloi. I, 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 I do quite ordinary things. But, but at night, on my PlayStation, you know, I, I've done a mate, I've commanded armies. I've done a poo in a windmill, or, like, uh, or, or, or many, many elaborate things that the PlayStation gave you this illusion of doing. I've, I've won the Grand Prix at Monaco and this kind of thing. And, uh, and, and uh, but I, at last, I can say, I have lived. And there goes Sony. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> and you go, yeah. And the, the, the song I Conquered Worlds, uh, that probably you can play a bit, a, a bit of, was kind of an answer to, was, was an attempt to do, you know, like there are answer songs. It was kind of an, an attempt to kind of extrapolate that to a ridiculous degree and say, but ultimately, you haven't really conquered any worlds. <laughs> and if you, if you were to be placed in any tactical situation, <laughs> your skills would probably not be useful. You're hammering uh, an X button. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I, you know, I say that now, and, 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 and that's what people are using to, con- to control drones across the Middle East. So <laughs> um, pa- perhaps I'm wrong. Although, but weirdly... My favourite line in that is until they turn the servers off. Which yeah. Is like, you know, like, there's a kind of... You know, so much of what we do is contingent on... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and also it rhymes with Azeroth, which I believe to okay, be the, okay. uh, the fictional setting of, of the World of Warcraft games. Well, there's uh, also the line as well, which is, you know, the thing I love about the song is the bumping back down to Earth, where the, the person singing it says... I, I, I'm going to paraphrase things, I've not memorised lines exactly, but it's something along the lines of... I'd, if I printed it all out, my CV would be extensive. But yeah. I can't do that because printer ink is too expensive. It is. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's... <laughs> and it's just Conqueror of Worlds that can't afford printer ink. <laughs> that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's the banal yeah. reality of the situation and you find yourself in. I, I feel it's, it, it's, it's veering a little bit towards a a kind of obvious stereotype of, of a gamer living in their mum's basement. And, and so where possible... But... I think merely trying to deliver the song in this insane, kind of triumphant way um, kind of detaches it from that. And inexplicably, I haven't told you this, a a friend of mine who used to work on kids' TV, like, computer game shows, I think had, had, had at least read the lyrics and said, oh, this is a really good song about games. This is exactly what playing games is like. And I'm going... Well, yes. <laughs> Don't attach yourself too firmly to this song. And, and what I'm, I'm and, and again, in a kind of in a in a in a literary theory kind of way, I'm, you know, obviously there are kind of comic juxtapositions in it. And again, if anyone's if anyone's really into this, there's like there's various bits of kind of you know like 
the romantic poets, the kind of Lake, uh, Lake District poets. There's a bit from um, Ozymandias where he's going, look upon my, my yeah, works, yeah. ye mighty, and, and despair. And I think, you know, the more kind of modern equivalent to that, my way, where he's going, I've lived, I've lived a life that's full. And, you know, at no point it does Frank Sinatra specify what he's achieved. And, that, and that's part <laughs> of the genius of why my way is such a good generic song. It's, anyone can go, yeah, I did this my way, and it's a mess. <laughs> and, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, even, even Adam Ant, I, I think, is kind of, I, I see Adam Ant as the kind of new romantic version of that. And then I'm kind of juxtaposing it with a more modernist kind of thing where it says, you know, I've, I've been, I've been, you know, he says, oh, you've been measuring out your life in, in J.D. Weatherspoons. This is a song about end-user licence agreements. Any, anyone agreed to some of those recently? You know, we've all done it. I heard Don Punk is playing at my house, playing in Poundland. to happen to me So I have listed out all of this song's terms and conditions which I'm afraid by listening to any part of it you automatically agree So lawyer up everybody because this song may not be played in supermarkets obviously that's why I wrote it It falls on the high street or an outlet village is on the edge of town and you can't just record another version because this song may not by Radiohead or X-Factor contestants or ukulele players or anyone appearing on the Radio 1 live lounge unless maybe Sarah Fox and this song may not accompany TV montages you know the sort of thing that I'm talking about that's a clumsy indicator of the mood that the narrator wants to set and this song may not advertise Apple iPods Google tablets or mobile phone network talk time tariffs why they provide some state of mystical telepathic communion with everyone that you have ever met. People say, well, aren't you restricting your audience? And I say, yes, but I'm keeping all my self-respect. And record labels say that the market today, well, they won't have quite this degree of self-referentiality anyway. And I say, who knows what will be in fashion next? Potentially, this solo... the backing for wacky YouTube videos of pets, extreme sports or truth shooting civilians. It's not part of any Facebook campaign, petition or quiz. Of course. And this song may not even be put in a PowerPoint as a towering example of the power of social media, particularly if by some unlikely quirk of faith it actually is. Just one more page now. Because this song may not appear on any Top Gear CD of essential driving anthems. It's not streamable in Grand Theft Auto, playable in Guitar Hero, or available in Simlish, the made-up language of The Sims. And this song may not be compared by reviewers to either Thou Shall Always Kill or The Revolution Wrongly Televised, unless it's telling everyone they also ought to listen to them, which of course they always ought to. People say you can't control your work once it's out there. Let's...
everybody. That's between you and LCD Sound System. I'm just trying to draw a line. And we're drawing that line today, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Maker Fair. <laughs> like, do you want to hear that beat one more time? Do you? It's a rhetorical question. Two, three, four, dog, punk is playing. In terms of unambiguous songs, I think playing in Poundland probably the greatest example. Of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Where it okay, is, that's quite literal. It's a song. It says that is an end-user license agreement <laughs> Thank for you. the use so, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> so lyrically. It, it defines it, itself. It could not, uh, and again, for legal reasons, it would be best if it was unambiguous. <laughs> and, uh, and there are early drafts that say performances <laughs> cannot include, but not be restricted to. It had a lot of more legal, legal terminology that was very difficult to uh, to, to articulate. Yeah, um, and ag- again, I mean, I'm not going to make a lot of apologies for that. <laughs> like, no, like I, I mean, it's it's fun to perform. I feel it's. It's overtly kind of influenced, and it kind of and it, it admits at the end that it's influenced by um, uh, "Thou Shall Always Kill" by Scroobius Pip, and um, and also I wrote it quite early <laughs> in the band because I it's a song that doesn't have a lot of chord changes, so when we weren't entirely familiar with the kit, I wanted to have a song that I didn't have to keep doing a lot of stuff, so it's a little bit. And no one listening this to this is ever going to agree with me. Like, if you listen to David Bowie's Heroes, <laughs> right, it's quite a slow song and it's kind of like, you know, all right, so, and that's where the, that's where the changes are. So it's, it's quite an easy song to play. And I thought, well, what's brilliant about Heroes? It's very concise, it's very to the point, and the words are evocative, they're poetic imagery. I could just do the opposite of that, I'd just try and fit in far too many words. <laughs> it was actually the 99p shop on Camden High Street, right. where I did hear uh, LCD Sound Systems and Daft Punk is playing at my house. I was just going, I mean, I'm enjoying this, but... And I think earlier in the week I'd heard, I don't know, the Manics in Sainsbury's, and I'm thinking, you know, I understand this, but... Yeah, it, it, do it, you know what you're doing here? Yeah, no, and it, and it wasn't early Manix. Not Holy Bible. <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it, it, it wasn't Nav West Midlands, Barclays Lloyds, <laughs> or, or, or Revol. I think sometimes because it's quite complicated, there's always some element of it that I mess up live. So I always look back at them and go, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely happy with that, but I think I need to live with that a bit more. Thanks for joining us. Where can people hear more of FakeBit Polytechnic? We have fakebitpolytechnic.com. So that's a good starting point. You'll see my tweets there, which are fake Dave Green. And also instructions on how to build some of the instruments. Yeah. I well. <laughs> like the ideal Christmas gift for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the thrifty parents. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a YouTube and things. And we're playing Croydon Beats and Eats, I think, Saturday, December the 13th. And we don't know what time it's on. 
but often you know the, there's a bit of a cue for the jerk chicken so you turn up that it's it's wall-to-wall music of, of all genres <laughs> talking of upcoming events this Saturday the 6th of December yes. at Deptford Market thank you for reminding me there's an event called Dorkbot London which is theoretically people doing strange things with electricity and I'm hoping to encourage anyone who wants to come along to Deptford Market full of electronic delights and we'll just have a rummage around there then admire our purchases it's hit and miss that's, that's the nature of a flea market but you know sometimes it's things you go oh, I've always wanted one of these so yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's Saturday, December the the, the sixth, and uh, yeah, I mean, check the webpage, Fake Bit Polytechnic, or your t- your Twitter. my Twitter at Fake Dave Green. You see, because the name of the band, and you are. And I'm at Museum of Techno. That's brilliant. Well, that's, thanks for having us on. To give you an idea of the delights that you can uncover at Deptford Market, myself and Fake Bit Polytechnic took a wander around. Here's what we found. I thought that was a propeller for a second, but it's a, a pickaxe. It's a pickaxe. Thank goodness that that is, that is just a, a, a pickaxe blade. Um, so yeah, so we're here. We're, we're like we're right at the very end. This is the kind of start of. I'm just opening this up. It is. It's a Phillips um, turntable. See, uh, like in a, in, a, in a massive wooden gramophone <laughs> kind of housing <laughs> that I'm probably not conveying. It's got not, got a nice kind of spring action. So that that would. Uh, take some of the, the skips out of your record play and of course uh, plays at 16 and and uh, and 78 I've never uh, heard of 16 <laughs> either I don't know you ever see any any flexi discs or anything right, that, came, right. that came in at 16 there's also an auto reject save so y- yes can it sort of assess whether your song's really good <laughs> yeah yeah and then you uh, sort of try and play and go no 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 come on the, 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 the Phillips Corporation were very sophisticated <laughs> in, their, in their assessment my, my regular trips to the markets just th- this is where the kind of big items this is almost to kind of lure you in right to think oh this this looks this looks exciting from a distance but, but I the thing nev- is I a vintage, possibly a vintage record these. player no. needlepoint and giant radio control playing all within like three foot it's of really each good. other look at these tires what are these tires for is this the thing the omnitronic double cd player like oh, where does your cd player where do you see these do, do, you, do you not remember omnitronic they sound like they should have been bigger than uh, the, uh, the uh, yeah no no, no yeah, the, the band the band and um, and transformer tie-in. Um, <laughs> how's it work? Um, so I mean again, it, it's a little metal box. I think maybe it would work with you'd have your DJ decks. It's like one of those kind of DJing little setups you get, but it doesn't have the um, the, uh, the the kind of um, spinning wheels on it. So it's got these on the back, and those are presumably controlling some sort of specialised DJ deck, uh, like our um, CD deck, that has now become separated. <laughs> so, so it's a very curious... It's a nice thing to have. You've got to be confident about finding how it's connected. Yeah, that. yeah. The, um, I mean, this is, this is quite a good stall. Uh, I was going to say, do you have regulars that you visit and uh, target? Yeah, I mean, so my speciality is kind of... The electrical stuff. I mean, these... Look at these. These are original Xboxes here. They've got um, they've got the controllers. Normally, you see the controllers and that bit there has fallen off. Yeah, but um, they've got the full controllers. You could theoretically you could get a Chinese adapter off eBay for about four quid to plug that into other stuff or, or wire one yourself. The um, don't really need two more Xbox. You know, and, these, <laughs> and, like, and the thing, and the other thing is now everyone's used to the 360, and the Xbox One. The original one was massive. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? I, I, this is a little sort of electronics hotspot here. Oh, what are these, these, uh... these are the old um, buzz controllers. They're for like quiz games, are they? For the, play- for the PlayStation, yeah. So you kind of like um, 
you buzz in with that top one. And I think, let's see what controller is. I mean, mysteriously, it looks like they're connected to this, this dust buster. <laughs> um, that can't be the case. That is some uh, high-level hackery that's right a, there. That, that's a random USB thing. And um, But this is exactly the sort of thing that you would adapt. It, it, that, that is... Uh, I, can, I can see you on stage, yeah, hammering with, away. With, with, these bus, with these bus <laughs> controls. I mean, I'm quite tempted, because these go into USB. Right. So and at that point they're they just switches, aren't they? Well, just... yeah, and some of them need specialist drivers, and some of them do not. But they look great. They look That's great. That's the other thing. <laughs> they're like imagine, imagine four of your friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna like. Uh, I'll You're gonna make an inquiry. How, how much are these? Two pounds. You know if they work. I really. Well, I mean. You've never plugged them into a laptop, but it's a, it's a console game. Two quid. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I know, I, know. I think this is where I saw the... Um, okay, this is a little seasonal touch. Okay, um, there was a Warlord, a Warlord Annual 1982, which features Warlord's, Warlord's regular character, um, Union Jack Jackson. But he's dressed as Father Christmas and charging out of the cover... I've seen uh, that cover, and his suit's immaculate. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, he's, in the middle of a war zone, he's found an immaculate Father Christmas. And he's kept it immaculate. He's got a rifle and a bayonet, and, <laughs> and, the, and the cover line is, Father Christmas brings into action. <laughs> Again, you get like, it's almost like different stands kind of specialise in different things. This is a little kind of toy corner. The uh, the uh, Xiongwai uh, XW nine fifty A home keyboard. I know it's got batteries in it, but I've... made in China as well. Oh yeah, you know it's not like you know the. Um, I think we're in a, a kind of transitionary period where, at the moment, we're used to our Western brands, but soon you know we'll, we'll, we'll just be going out. <laughs> It'll going, be Xiongwai. Oh, can you get me a Xiongwai? You know, or, a, or an HTC or a. Um, anyway, we'll come back to that. The batteries in it. Was the, that the um, stall where you spotted the Where Jesus Walked board game? That that is that is exactly that corner there. Right, I was going to say because that is that that's a little toy find, isn't it? <laughs> Lion Annual '63. Look at that. So what is this? So is this Fleetway or is this before that? Fleetway, yeah. That's a newish one. That is. You got mould in the '63? Of course you have. Oh, My right. husband, he's '73 and he used to read them when he was little. Wow. Uh, what, that lion annual is 1963. We was all we was all teenagers at that age. There's some suspicious rattling. No obvious way of. It makes some noise. Yeah, something's you, connecting, isn't it? When you switch it on. And it's, oh yeah, it's got a screw there. I mean, I have bought some batteries, so maybe we should go back and um, have a look at that other toy keyboard. I'll, I'll switch this off in case someone does know how to do, do something. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right. But, um, when it hasn't been tuned, but, um, and it's only got five strings. I was going to say there's a string missing. Is that an important string, the one that's missing? The, 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 yeah, the, the high B. I don't know. Well... Can you work around it? Yeah, you know. Well, you can. You can play. So it, it will be. It will be that night. That's. That's the G. That's the. 
you know, these these are kind of um, again for people who are, who are only listening to this. Um, these are you know Japanese and Chinese um, Stratocaster copies. Um, so you know, and there's not a lot of it. I mean, this this one's a bit rusty. Yeah, it's yeah. Clearly has some uh, some damp, but there's not a lot of electronics to go wrong in electric guitar. Right, right. So. You know, you can, you, can, you can take it home, clean it up, and um, that's made. How, how much for these guitars? Forty-five. Forty-five. Got, 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 got. <laughs> I'm assuming that's both and the amps. <laughs> what, so, so what are we looking at here, Dave? So this is a sign of the times. This is um, an FIS 3000XL MIDI sampler. Um, it looks like an old, like a recording studio has been. Emptied out onto this. <laughs> yeah, thing. you're right. So this massive. Is it a G3 Mac or something? Yeah. This is quite a recent Mac. This one. But you know, when I was when I was in my twenties, I kind of literally dreamed of being able to get even temporary access to these things. Now you're touching it. I mean, this no, is. Yeah, no, I mean, bet for the market, a place where dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't make that stuff with the pads. You know that you often see the XX or like hip hop producers jamming with where. What is the MPC? Oh yeah, MPC stuff. Is, yeah. uh, I mean, that's a way of life. But you'd link this into MIDI or something, and then yeah. So I mean, you know, these were um, oh, this range was a kind of studio standard sampler in like the what would it have been the eight, late eighties, early nineties? It's, it's not got it's, it's not got MIDI on the back. It's got a SCSI interface, yeah. which is what Max used for hard drives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before they chose to to to, get to go to to try and catch up with other with other uh, standards. So yeah, MIDI underneath. Oh, MIDI's down there, is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, good spot. Because it's only got a floppy drive, and like, I, d- I did eventually get like a really crappy hardware sampler, and you know, trying to load samples off of floppies is just heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, what switch then? How, how much for this sampler? That one's 40 without a guarantee or 80 with a guarantee. 80 with a guarantee, alright. So yeah, so so the, these guys will, yeah, if, if you buy something and then and then get it home. And uh, it's dead. Uh, I've, I've, I've not tried that, but I like, I, I, I'm not trying to get my money back, but it's a, it's a nice service. 19, 19, was that the keyboard you were doing? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. I mean, should we try this one as well? It's like I, th- I think we've got enough keyboard, but <laughs> this, this, this has got all the keys. <laughs> it has. What I'm, what I'm actually looking for, I've got a keyboard at home that I've broken, and in a similar like what I want are, are some black notes that are that kind of size. That's what I was tweeting about that Casio thing. But, uh, are you going to try and fix it up? Look at this. This. this this keyboard's got DC six volts into the front, into the control <laughs> panel. Like it's these are these are yeah, these are nineteen seventy seven kind of educational worksheets or something for kids. With new children in the buff. Yeah, which you probably see, wouldn't get nowadays. It's, yeah, it's the seventies. Every, every, everything was <laughs> dangerous. These <laughs> now. I noticed you earlier, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I admire you. You were looking. You were looking at these fur coats. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hazard that they appear to be ladies' fur coats, or perhaps for, <laughs> perhaps for the, the, the flamboyant football manager in you. 
Uh, my thing is, if I was wearing any sort of fur coat, I'd look ridiculous. It doesn't matter if it's men's or women's. I mean, I'm not going to buy one for a number of reasons, but it's just a remarkable image, a rack of fur coats. You, know, you don't expect to see that in 2014. No, no. I d- and it, it, can you tell if they're real fur? What's, I can't. What's the... I'm sort of scared to... I think you're looking for kind of gnarly skin. Or, 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 or you can see through. That's what I mean, I don't want it to be. Or some sort of allergic reaction. If I like, <laughs> well, I, can, I can sort that out for you. Let's do a scratch test. I, I'm like, there's, there's stuff like this. What is clearly a Japanese. Well, my brother's called John. It's a, it's this, cool. this is a, a sort of Japanese looking felt dog. That goes on your toilet. Or your toilet seat. But why, why, why would it? Well, does it? Is is it? Would it absorb urine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to work out if it's double-sided. So you put it on on there to, and then to indicate that the seat is down. It's not a kind of toilet seat courtesy oh, indicator. Right. Or to indicate which member of the family has used the toilet. I don't <laughs> want to get into that. It's nice though. So you know, still, still it's wrapping. Good. <laughs> I don't know if I buy it loose. <laughs> I thought that might be a xylophone of some description. It's not. This is a um. Oh, hello. Not a bad. Yeah, work. It's a little toy typewriter. Definitely condition as well. You'd, yeah, that's good. That, sort of go near mint, wouldn't you? Apart, apart from, you know, it's, it's some water. It's like collection of water in the case. From that sun. What's it cost for the bike? Oh, this this oh, is so nice. Like, this is nice. Oh, I think um, that's okay. Uh, the... Who's about? Know, no maybe. Yeah. I think that I think the guy in the blue shirt down there. Oh. Yep, that's yeah, the, he is. Again, an, an, another kind of unexpected feature of Deptford Market Hello. is um, is it's not always clear whose store belongs to whom. <laughs> yeah. so, sometimes you just have to hold something up in the air. Okay. Anyone? Will anyone take money from me? Do us a favour. Go to southlondonhardcore.com. Click the Amazon link. Sign up for an Amazon. Prime free trial and we can fund making the show you know we say this every week but it really would do us a favour if you did also don't your... forget to do your shopping now yeah, Christmas, Christmas is, is coming. coming all Amazon shopping through southlandhardcore.com please South London Hardcore is part of the Holdfast Network for more podcasts, visit holdfastnetwork.com or search for Holdfast Network in iTunes.